Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky, and I am especially excited to be here sitting with Bodie Hodge, and especially because this book. I'm taking this book home with me, and I'm going to pretend that it's for Anwen. Not for me, but it's really for me. Uh, I took one look at the cover and said, oh, I have to have that. And I was so excited when he agreed, we're gonna talk dinosaurs today. This is gonna be the best episode ever. I thought you I thought you were going to put into his mouth that he agreed to let you take the book for free. <laughs> I think you're going to make me pay for the book, but that's that's okay. I didn't okay. even ask how much. Oh my. But I mean, you probably liked dinosaurs when you oh. were a kid too. I just loved the whole thing, you know, and especially I wasn't always a Christian, so I thought it the whole different scenario. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, when did you become a Christian, if I can ask? Oh, when I was probably 21. 21, yeah. 20, 22, maybe somewhere. Yeah. In there. So you probably did a lot of your schooling just in the secular schools. Oh, and, totally. I was yeah. totally uh, evolution. Yeah. See, I grew up Opposite in church. For me, I was in Christian schools. You were in Christian schools the whole time. See, I went. I, I went to church, but at the same time, I was in the secular school. So I was being taught what the secular world taught me about dinosaurs. In fact, when I was a kid, I, I don't know, maybe third, fourth grade. I was part of that scholastic club where you, you buy a book for like 35 cents. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Inflation, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got this book on dinosaurs. It probably only had 20, 30 pages in it. But I remember the very first line said millions of years ago. And I was totally influenced by that book. To me, that book was the gospel truth about dinosaurs. All throughout it, millions of years ago, dinosaurs died out. The last one died because it got stuck in a tree because that's what happened in the book. So that's what I always thought, you know. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, though, I went to church and we never talked about dinosaurs. We just, we, we, the subject never even came up all the way through. So, you know, I really struggled with the issue of dinosaurs because here I am in church. I'm being taught God created everything in six days. We have the fall, we have the flood, the Tower of Babel, and so forth. But then I go to school and I'm taught, well, dinosaurs died out millions of years ago. There was a big bang. You know, it, it was a struggle for me. You know, and all the way up into my college years, I struggled back and forth with some of these questions, and dinosaurs was one of them that really hit my heart. Um, in particular, you know, I, I struggled with it. And one day I ended up, this is where I was at at the university. I was teaching at the university and I, I went to the local youth group, you know, of the church I was going to. And they said, hey, the junior high kids, they don't have a teacher. Can you run in there? I'm like, oh, sure. Okay. So I go in, I make it through a lesson, right? Well, I walk out and they said, by the way, you're the permanent teacher now. Come back next week. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's how they get, that, that's how they get Sunday job, school right? teachers. But uh, yeah, they, they, they need to stuff. So I, I, I went in the next week and I'm like, okay, kids, you want to go through a book of the Bible? What do you, what do you want to do? I'm like, do you guys have questions? And of course, all the hands went up. And they're like, yeah, what about dinosaurs? What about Big Bang? What about evolution? Millions of years. And I'm like, okay, those are all things I've struggled with myself. You know, how, how do I deal with some of these things? 
And I, I thought... I don't think it hurts to say that there are, there are topics mm-hmm. that we do struggle with. Yeah. Uh, I think God likes it when we have a question. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the question. Because he's got answers. We just have to find them right. sometimes. And you know what? And th- that's a good point even for Christians. Sometimes Christians are asked a question. They don't know the answer, and they try to fumble through stuff. Sometimes the best thing is to say, well, you know, I don't know, but let me go find the answer. And that way I have the answer, and I can give it to you, too. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. So what I did is I went to a local Christian bookshop, and I, I, I found this one book um, that said, okay, dinosaurs millions of years ago. And I grabbed another Christian book that dinosaurs millions of years ago, and I'm like, they're basically just teaching what the secular world says. They're just trying to mix it with their Christianity. And then I grabbed this book by Ken Ham called The Great Dinosaur Mystery. So I didn't know who you Ken Ham was at the yet. time. No. And I grabbed this book, you know, and I, I remember looking on the back. I'm like, wow, this guy looks like Abraham Lincoln. And <laughs> so apparently he was from Australia. It's a totally different accent. But uh, I, I got that book. And right off the bat, it says, okay, well, dinosaurs are made on day six because they're land animals. And I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, that makes sense. Of course, that, of course that's right. So I bought that book. I went home and I read the whole book in one day. And I mean, whoo, I was, I was excited. Yeah. I, got, I got all these answers. <laughs> I went back to that bookstore. I bought every copy they had. Nobody else is going to get answers on dinosaurs, but <laughs> I was going to take those kids through it. And that's what we did. We went through that book uh, in that Sunday school. And it was particularly youth group. Now, which book was it of his? Th- that was an older I've book. I've read from, several from of his ago. books, but I don't yeah. recall reading one on it dinosaurs. It was called The Great Dinosaur Mystery Solved. It's, it's not a long book, but it was the old, old version. They don't even make these anymore, but it was all in full color. It, it was a beautiful little book. So it was actually great for the kids, and I took them through it. But that book right there, for the first time, got me saying, let's go back and use the Bible as the authority to look at dinosaurs. So many people were doing it the other way around. They were taking dinosaurs and what they thought they knew about dinosaurs, and they tried to fit it in the Bible. But with that comes all the secular jargon and all the secular uh, concepts. They tried to put that in the Bible. That's not the way it works. Start with the Bible and use the Bible to look at dinosaurs. All of a sudden, it makes sense. So tell us, all of a sudden, makes sense. So what was that sense? What, what led you to the next step? Well, let's just go back to that one. Dinosaurs are made on day six. So let me, let me first define a dinosaur. A dinosaur is not like a crocodile or a Komodo dragon. It's actually not even the flying reptiles or the plesiosaurs in the sea. Those are actually not considered dinosaurs. The technical definition of a dinosaur is that it is a reptilian creature, a land creature that has one of two hip structures so that it raises its body up off the ground. So that's why things like crocodiles are not defined as a dinosaur, because their legs come out to the side and their, their body naturally rests on the ground. But the ones that stand upright or stand erect, those are considered dinosaurs. So like a T-Rex or, 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 yeah, yeah, stegosaur, you know, all those are actually considered dinosaurs. So um, when you think of that definition, well, okay, they're land animals, so they have to be made on day six. Now, another, another question that kind of all of a sudden starts to make sense is, Originally, when God made everything, it was perfect. Genesis 1.31, God declared everything very good, but the, the two verses right before that say that mankind was originally vegetarian and all the animals were vegetarian. So Adam and Eve were not having to run away and hide That's from right. vicious tyrannosaurs. That's right. They didn't have any of the conflicts. It was a perfect world. Now, if the animals were originally veg- vegetarian, what did that T-Rex originally eat? Grass, leaves, right. fruit. Right. It was a vegetarian. Now, I've had people say, now, hold on, buddy. It's got big, sharp teeth. Right. It seems pretty well designed to go out and kill and eat something. It's got pretty vicious claws. 
Uh, well, maybe not those. <laughs> those aren't that scary, right? Gorillas have got a pretty big mouth, too. They do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact is, a lot of animals have sharp teeth and claws and things like that. This seemed very well de designed, you'd think, to go out and kill things. Those are called attack structures. There's also defense structures, too. Think of a turtle shell, help protect itself from being eaten. But see, those are more than likely um, used for a different purpose originally. For example, that T-Rex with those sharp teeth, they can just tear right through your watermelon patch. I, I say that in some <laughs> of my talks. You know, it just tears right through it. But you know, there's some animals uh, that have sharp teeth that don't eat meat even today. You know, think, uh, for example, uh, a panda. You know, what do they eat? You know, they eat things bamboo. like bamboo. Yeah, but they use those sharp teeth that tear right through it. Fruit bats have very sharp teeth. Uh, there have been some lions that have been documented that refuse to eat meat. One of them was in a reserve, all would eat was spaghetti. I mean, you get this rabbit out of here. I think the uh, Universal Studios, their mm -hmm. original lion was a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that surprises people, you know, when you, when you think about that sort of thing. But yeah, so sharp teeth doesn't necessarily mean meat eater, it just means they have sharp teeth. Um, so after sin in the fall, that's when animals could first start to eat meat. So that T-Rex or some of these other carnivorous dinosaurs, they didn't start eating meat until after Adam and Eve sinned against God. God cursed the ground, he cursed the animals. Oh, that serpent. A lot of people think that serpent physically changed forms. What was the curse of the other animals? Was that when sharp teeth, claws, things like that came about to help them survive in a sin-cursed world? Yeah, it's possible. We'd leave that option open, of course. Uh, you know, of course, those things could have been around before that, just used for a different purpose now. Um, you know, I grew up on a farm. I like to tell people this story. Uh, when I grew up on a farm, there's a lot of squirrels around there. And squirrels are absolutely cute little fuzzy creatures, but don't grab them. If you grab them, are you they've got these vicious claws. Yes, are you I, speaking from experience? I, I made that mistake on the farm I grew up. I grabbed the squirrel one time. Dumbest thing I've ever done. He clawed me. He bit me. <laughs> okay, so, so don't do that. Mom takes you in for a bubonic plague shot. <laughs> That's right. Go check for rabies or something. But yeah, the, the squirrel has some pretty vicious claws, has some pretty sharp teeth. But what do they use those claws and teeth for? Nuts. Yeah, climbing trees, holding nuts, ripping into nuts. You know, unless you grab one, of course. You see, so sometimes we just have this mentality, if they have some pretty vicious looking things, that they were vicious creatures, but that's not necessarily the case, especially before sin in the fall. Now, here's a question too. Were dinosaurs on Noah's Ark? Yeah. I know you've gotten some uh, criticism for showing yeah. dinosaurs and humans, you know, being together and right. inhabiting the earth at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have that here at the Creation Museum, down at the Ark Encounter, of course. Um, yeah. but. They were both made on day six. Man was made at the same time as, as land animals. They were both made on day six, so they were living at the same time. Now, Noah took two of each of the land-dwelling, air-breathing kinds on board the ark. That would include dinosaurs. They would have been on board the ark as well. I've had people say, oh, but wouldn't they have been eating everybody, <laughs> you know, and things like that. Well, first off, there's cages, and, you know, the Lord brought them to them. Originally, all the animals were vegetarian, so, you know, maybe Lord brought the animals that weren't being so vicious, you know, you know on board the ark. Babies, yeah, he could well most <laughs> likely juveniles. It's time for the T Rex to yeah. hibernate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of animals probably could have hibernated on the ark. Now, these animals, you know, you take the juveniles on board, less food, less space, less waste, that's those are all advantages on board Noah's Ark. But uh, yeah, these uh, dinosaurs, based on the number of kinds that there were, could easily fit on board that gigantic Noah's Ark. So yeah, they would have been on the ark and they've also then come off the ark. And what's happened is they've died out as a, as a result of the same, same reasons everything else is dying out. See, we, we, yeah, go ahead. One of the first things I noticed, of course, on this book was the gorgeous illustrations. But then you can't help but notice that it says dragons. Yes. 
but then the subtitle, Legends and Lore of Dinosaurs. Yes. Yep, and you know, there's a connection between that. A lot, a lot of times... I was hoping you would explain that yeah, connection Yeah, here. we definitely have to get to that. So, dinosaurs came off the ark, but you know, they weren't called dinosaurs when they came off the ark. Dinosaurs actually a new world uh, word. It was invented in the year 1841. 1800s. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was mid 1800s. Yeah, a Christian man named Sir Richard Owen was the one who came up with the name. It means dino, di dinosaur, terrible lizard, terrible lizard yeah, or terrifying lizard, that sort of thing. So, di dinosaur is a new word. So, you're not going to find a word like that in the Bible or even in old literature. So, what would dinosaurs have been called? Dragon. Dragon makes the most sense. You know, cultures all over the world use the word dragon. There's, the word dragon is actually in a multitude of different languages. We actually list it in the book, uh, a lot of these different languages. But yeah, if you saw a dinosaur and you wanted to write about it, you'd probably just call it a dragon. Now, dragon is more of an overarching term. It also included the flying reptiles, the plesiosaurs, the, the water reptiles. It even included things like crocodiles. But it also included what we would call dinosaurs. Now, remember dinosaurs were a very specifically defined land creature. So that means not all the dragons were necessarily a dinosaur but all the dinosaurs could rightly be called a dragon. So that's probably what we see with a lot of these land dragons back uh, in, you know, well before the word dra uh, dinosaur was even invented. Did you know the word dragon is in the Old Testament 22 yeah. times? It's in the Geneva Bible 24 times. I didn't know it was in that many. No, yes, no I knew it was there, but right. I never bothered to Yes, quite it. a few, sometimes dragon or dragons. There's actually two different Hebrew words that the translators felt the need to translate as dragon. And uh, it's not just one book, it's, it's all over throughout the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's talking about a water dragon, like Leviathan is specifically called a dragon. Um, but then also we see a land dragon, you know, that gets trampled overfoot. So, you know, we do see examples of that. And, uh, you know, like that land one may well have been a, a dinosaur in that instance. I had a friend in junior high that somewhere in that age who began to question his religion began to question God when he got interested in dinosaurs and fossils and studying mm -hmm. all of that. And he decided that obviously Genesis, it didn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was specifically getting into dinosaurs right. that got him out of the church. Yeah, see, dinosaurs are considered an icon of evolution. When people think dinosaurs, they automatically think millions and billions of years, you know, and that's all associated with a different religion called secular humanism that has big bang, millions of years, evolution and all that. Dinosaurs almost seem so closely associated with that because we're hit with that, whether it's kids books, technical books, movies, I think Jurassic mm -hmm. Park, stuff like that. We're, we're drilled with this concept. And so a lot of times when people start studying dinosaurs, they gravitate over to the secular religion because most of the literature they're reading on is looked at from that religious perspective. And see, that's the key. When you go back here and you start with the Bible, it actually makes sense of dinosaurs, it makes sense of dragons. And that's a new way of thinking for people to leave this other religion and get back to God and his word. And so, yeah, I mean, that does happen. That happens and, quite and often. Really, that's why even, even uh, many Christians have such a problem with the 6,000 year creation because they've already been programmed of all this other stuff is billions of years. Right. So how do I fit the Bible into that? Right, and that's what's happening. I mean, you nailed it. These guys, a lot of kids, and you know, like I said, I was too. I was drilled with the evolution, the millions of years. It's tough to suddenly go back and say, really, God actually created in six days? Well, actually, that's not a problem for an all-powerful God. And you know, in the Ten Commandments actually says why he did it in six days. It was the basis for our work week. Work six days and you rest for a seventh day. So ultimately a weekend is a Christian thing. I want you to understand that. The world tends to borrow that from us. 
But uh, um, that, that's why we have a week. That, that actually goes back to the early pages of the Bible. You see, when we start with the Bible, it makes sense of all sorts of things. It makes sense why we're wearing clothes. It makes sense why there's death and suffering in the world. It also makes sense of dinosaurs. When we start with the Bible, boom, it makes sense of this. But a lot of kids are drilled with that secular religion, and they don't know what the Bible teaches. You know, if, if you're not, let me just talk to an audience out there for just a moment. If, if, you've not, if you're not familiar with what the Bible teaches on this subject, here's what I suggest. Go back to Genesis and read Genesis 1 to 11. It's 11 chapters. It's not very far. You can probably read it in just you know, a matter of, matter of minutes, actually. But that actually lays the groundwork. A perfect God makes a perfect creation. We fell into sin, and that's why we need a Savior. But that right there lays that true history going all the way up through uh, the Tower of Babel. So that's what I encourage people to do. You're not familiar with it anyway. You know, during my college years, I became a staunch evolutionist. You know, I was convinced that we all arose from some primordial lose. I bought into every argument my professor set before me. <laughs> it wasn't until years later that I really realized there are actually credible arguments for intelligent design. I have a pamphlet I think you'll enjoy. It's called Evolution Impossible. If your stories like mine, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org for your free copy today and request offer number 104, Evolution Impossible. Now, you said that you are continuing research. You're, this won't be your last book on dinosaurs? <laughs> no, in fact, I've got some lectures recorded on the subject as well. I'm in the process right now of working on a dinosaur question answer book. A lot of the questions that people have, you know, what day were dinosaurs created? You know, what did they originally eat? You know, questions like that. And, and I, I actually write it out so that people can follow it. Now, this book is absolutely brilliant. However, it's different. It's not, it's not like a, a Q&A book. This is a great family book. It's got the foldouts and the flips and different accounts of dragon encounters. And a lot of these dragon encounters, uh, the descriptions are very similar to, to creatures that we would call dinosaurs. So I think that's actually fascinating. But you can see the flips. You know, all, this book actually made the top 200 children's books in America. But at the same time, it really is a great family book. You know, like where is the word dragon found in the Bible? There's a number of them so, here. Bodie, you've also gone back mm -hmm. into history and the, the dark ages and found those stories that talk about um, yeah. dragons and things. And right. those accounts are, sound pretty real. Yeah, they really are. And these are respected historians that are talking about all sorts of different things. You know, like Herodotus was a, a famous Greek historian, you know, living about the 5th century BC. And he comments on certain dragons, um, you know, in his day, actually gives some descriptions of some of these. We find it uh, all throughout history. We find them in North Africa. We find them in the Middle East. We find them in Europe. Uh, we even find them in places like South America. I've been down to Peru and they got these different rocks and textiles and things like that that have dinosaur dragon-like creatures on them. Uh, pottery, things like that too. Now it seems like if, if I'm in a cave and I'm painting in my cave and uh, <laughs> my wall art and I paint a dragon that I'm killing. I think he wants to live in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I painted a dragon maybe that I've killed that day or my friends we killed that week. That tends to actually put some credence towards that's real. They were contemporary with people. Right, they were drawing things that they'd seen, you know, and, and we see this, you know, like if somebody sees a, a cattle or a bison or something up on the wall or, a, a, you know, some sort of a cat, they don't think, oh, you know, these guys have never it seen it. real or, right. or mythical. Of course they see it's real. And then all of a sudden you see something that looks kind of like a sauropod or a flying reptile or, well, that looks like a dinosaur or a dragon. 
um, all of a sudden, oh, no, that's myth. They just came up with that. That was millions of years ago. Couldn't be contemporary. <laughs> right. What? I know that as Christians, we believe, okay, all land animals created on day six. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not millions of years. Right. What evidence, what clues has God left us, whether it's the fossil record or mm -hmm. something else, that you know you can hang your faith on that? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Bible's actually, that, that's where we hang our faith. You know, God and His Word is but always God absolute. doesn't ask us to just, right. usually doesn't ask right. us to believe it's on blind faith. It's not a blind faith, faith right. You know, there's plenty of evidence right. out there. We see a lot of evidences that are a confirmation. And one of the biggest evidences that we see is misinterpreted by the secular world. That is the fossil record. You know, we sometimes see miles deep of, of these fossil layers. And of course, we've had fossil layers since the flood, but most of these are from the flood of Noah's day. You know, here's Noah floating around up above it when everything's being laid down uh, in all these different layers down below, which solidify into solid rock. Now, out of those different layers, three of those layers, the Cretaceous, Triassic, and Jurassic rock, those the layers, most interesting. yeah, those are the ones that contain a lot of these dinosaurs and flying reptiles and things like that. As soon as you find one, it's classified as one of those three rocks. Now, those were actually laid down at the time of Noah. But see, we're in a, in a culture where the world has influenced people to think those rock layers were laid down slowly and gradually over millions and billions of years of slow, gradual processes. They, they basically assumed there were no major catastrophes in the past. And that doesn't make any sense. Because these are catastrophes of the, everything. If yes. it, the rate it's happening right. today is the rate it's always happening. Right. Now, we also find other pieces of evidence as well. We see a lot of what we call petroglyphs, cave drawings, etchings, things like that. These are phenomenal confirmations of this. We find some of this up at Lake Superior. We find it uh, Havasupai Canyon. One of the side canyons off the Grand Canyon has, has a, a dragon dinosaur-like creature on it. Uh, Bishop Bell, uh, he, was he, he died over uh, in England uh, about the year 1500. He's buried in the church, and, and there's this brass part that goes up around his grave. And if you zoom up to it, you see all sorts of animals. You'd recognize these animals just like that. And then all of a sudden you see a couple that are like dinosaurs and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, but I mean, we see this, there's ancient flags with uh, dragons on it. The Welsh flag, a very mm -hmm. famous flag. It's an ancient flag and that's got a dragon on it. Uh, I'm gonna interrupt you just for a yeah, second. Sure. And, and this fellow, uh, they painted everything perfectly. How did they know? Right. I mean, there were no uh, video cameras to <laughs> capture something from a million years ago. Right. So how did they know? They, to, they had to see it. That was the key. It. Exactly. You know, when I was in Peru, we'd have different tour guides. And, and these tour guides, you know, when they were talking about some of the artwork, they, they would consistently make this point. They only drew things they saw. They only drew things they saw. They only drew things they saw. I mean, I, that was drilled into me. And then all of a sudden, we'd see some pottery that had this dragon dinosaur-like creature on it. And you're like, and you're like yeah, we don't know. <laughs> but see, all of a sudden it seems like, because that didn't fit the narrative, it didn't fit the worldview. Now, I've had people come in and say, but Bodhi, dragons are myth. They're not real. Now, you know, movies like How to Train Your Dragon or even things like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, the dragons that appear on those, those are pure make-believe. They're not real dragons. Now, when you look back in the past, though, people viewed dragons as real creatures from historians, anatomists, um, commentators going all the way back in the past, they, they viewed them as real. It wasn't until the early 1900s and just some time leading up to that, people started to say, well, you know what? We don't see these things anymore. Maybe they're a myth. And that's what happened. Instead of saying, well, they finally died out, like everything else seems to be dying out, they, they, w they went with this concept of, well, they're a myth. 
Now, we've had all sorts of things dying out. In, in fact, imagine how many things would have went extinct if we wouldn't have enacted the endangered species list in the early 1970s. We probably wouldn't have eagles, hawks, tigers, lions. A lot of bears would probably be extinct. I mean, Condors. Yeah, all sorts of things would be extinct. Uh, rhinoceros, uh, elephants may well be extinct. We might be sitting here debating whether all those things were a myth, too. You see, we sometimes don't realize that. Good point. But yeah, I mean, these things were around all the way up to that time when they finally died out. So let me ask you this, in the couple minutes we have left, what do you tell people about, what does this have to do with their faith? Hey, you know what? I like to use dinosaurs as a springboard to tell people the truth about Jesus. And here's how I like to do that. I like to explain, okay, the Bible makes sense of dinosaurs. The Bible makes sense of dragons. But guess what? The Bible's also a book of history. It's not a history textbook. History is a good thing. History textbooks and science textbooks change all the time. The Bible is always the same. But you know what? The Bible contains massive amounts of history. It's the true history. And guess what? When the Bible makes sense of dinosaurs and dragons, guess what? That message of the gospel found in that same history is also true. So we can use that as a springboard to talk about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what he did with his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Amen. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. In 12 weeks, I caught my breath my faith grew stronger, my confusion turned to clarity, my anxiety lessened, my depression eased. I let myself be held in the arms of Jesus and he calmed my aching heart. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. During my college years, I became a staunch evolutionist. You know, I was convinced that we all arose from some primordial lose. I bought into every argument my professor set before me. It wasn't until years later that I really realized there are actually credible arguments for intelligent design. I have a pamphlet I think you'll enjoy. It's called Evolution Impossible. If your story's like mine, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org for your free copy today and request offer number 104, Evolution Impossible. Janice, once you wrap it up? Oh, I've had such fun <laughs> and, you know, the moment that that we're done here, I'm probably just gonna sit here and read. Although I, I should pay for the book first. I think that'd be a good idea. It's a great book, yeah. so. I love having scientists who can tie that into the gospel and show why it's actually important that we know why we believe what we do and that God doesn't leave us clueless. Right. He doesn't leave us going, you know, well, it's what the Bible says, I guess I have to believe it. Uh, you really are, if you look around at the world and you study science, you're without excuse. Yes. Uh, just like it says in the, in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, you really There's are. There's enough evidence out there, you're without excuse. That's right. 
And you know what? I want to encourage people who are watching this. You know, this might be a new subject to you. You know, go back and study it. This is we just scratched the surface. We're just starting, yeah. and there's so much more to this. Uh, you know, you can always get the book. Uh, you know, you can always hop on our website, AnswersInGenesis.org. Type in dinosaurs. There's so much information. You can spend millions of years on our website. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, th there's so much to learn, and I want to encourage people to dive into that subject, especially if you're new to it. Well, thank you for scratching the surface with us today. Thank you, back. God yeah. bless. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.